0: The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to the Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the Sea Devils. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks, folks. Be sure to write an Apple Podcast review of the show and share the podcast with your friends. That helps us grow our community and reach more listeners. Uh, And I want to tell you to be sure to get your very own Secrets of Doctor Who t-shirt or phone case or mug and all kinds of other things by visiting sqpn.com slash merch. And be sure to stick around to the end of the episode as we've got your feedback on our recent episode on Into the Dalek, the 12th Doctor story. And I want to tell you finally about one other show on the network that you're sure to enjoy, The Secrets of Star Wars. You can find that at sqpn.com slash Star Wars or wherever fine podcasts are found. But like I said, today we're talking about the third Doctor story, The Sea Devils. And we're doing this a little out of order. Actually, that we haven't done The Curse of Peladon, the third Doctor story, yet. That that comes before this. But we wanted to do this because, as of recording, (laughs) we are pretty sure that next week, which is Easter Sunday, we're all going to be able to watch the 13th doctor special the legend of the sea devils so we figured well <laughs> let's get the sea devils the original mm. appearance of the sea devils in first so uh we wanted so you're going to get that back to back week to week and then we'll we'll do the curse of Peloton after that it's okay it's just a little timey wimey. but uh so let's talk about the sea devils jimmy can you give us a recap of what this one was about
1: The third Doctor and Joe Grant play a courtesy call on the Master, who is in a prison on an island in the English Channel. Of course, it turns out that the Master is secretly running the prison, and as usual, he is trying to ally himself with a more powerful force in order to accomplish his evil plans. This time, the more powerful force is a group of Sea Devils who are awakening from hibernation. The Sea Devils are an aquatic version of the Silurians that the Doctor has encountered before and the Master has been negotiating with them and wants to use them to destroy the human race in order to spite the Doctor, since the Doctor likes humans. Just like when the Doctor previously met the Silurians, he wants to negotiate peace between the Sea Devils and the humans, but this doesn't end up working out because, after they take the Doctor and the Master to their underwater base, the Sea Devils decide they want to start a war and reclaim the planet. So, the Doctor reverses the polarity of the neutron flow on a device he's built, turning it into a bomb that can't be shut off. The Doctor and the Master then escape, and the bomb destroys the Sea Devil's base, thus preventing the war. The end.
0: That is a pretty good summary of a long six-part yeah. story. <laughs> Thank you. There's a lot going on in this in this story, but um, a lot of action, but this, mm-hmm. that's pretty much the story right there. Um one of the things that was fun is, is this, this is, takes place, a lot of this takes place outdoors, on, on location, uh, at a naval and, base. And, yeah, mm-hmm. in
1: cooperation with the Royal Navy. Previously, the show had worked with the Royal Army, but um, this time Royal Navy and they, the Navy got publicity out of it. Doctor Who got free equipment and extras and costumes and stuff. John Pertwee himself is ex-Navy, and so that was special for him to be able to work mm-hmm. with the Navy. And uh, they got lots of enthusiastic volunteer extras who wanted to be on screen.
0: <laughs> yeah, lots of actual <laughs> sure. sailors. Yeah, that was yeah. fun.
1: However, you can tell they've only got six sea devil costumes because it's the same six sea devils <laughs> over and over and over again trying to make it look like more.
2: Yeah, I mean, the- including one particular guy that was rather short compared to the rest of them. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you you never saw more than sixty devils on screen at one time. Yeah, that was. But you
2: often <laughs> saw
1: exactly six. Yep. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Yeah. It's uh they, they so they filmed. I forget what the the actual base was, but the uh, they they was HMS Sea Spite is the base that they in this in it. But there's also uh, some ships. There's a in fact is a uh, diving ship like a, where they have a the diving bell that they use later on in the in the series too. Was a a was, real one, and and yeah. a
1: fake, uh, a an, a basement of an office building that they're using to double for a submarine.
0: Right. Yeah. There was a funny anecdote that uh, after this aired, the Ministry of Defense showed up at the BBC because the model of submarine they used actually included bits that looked like some top secret research stuff that they had been doing. They were like, "Where did you get Oops. this information?" Uh, we, no, we just kind of stuck some we stuff on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, I thought that was kind of funny that that happens sometimes in TV shows, I guess, where the, they depict something and then the military shows up. How do you know about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were just messing around. Happen- <laughs> also
1: happens in psychic spying
2: programs.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's that too. Um
2: <laughs> uh, it- you could tell the Navy was involved, too, because there was lots of stock footage of things like the, the guns going off and th- things like that.
0: Oh, and the death charges, which, was, which were cool. I, I'd never seen how the the 70s-era death charges worked. I've, you have know, seen World War II ones where they roll off the the thing, but mm-hmm. this is where firing him into the air it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So we, the Master was captured... Pro- At the end of the daemons. At the Right. And so that's where he is now. So he wasn't in the Curse of Peladon, I guess. In this season, which is a new season, Day of the Doctor they decided to start using the Doctor a little less than they had been. No, the Master, I mean, oh, sorry, yeah. The master. So yeah,
1: the first season they introduced the Master. He was in every serial. He was the he was the not just the an episode antagonist or a series antagonist, but for the whole season he mm-hmm. was the antagonist. And after that, they dialed it back to like once or twice a season. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and uh, so. He's in prison, and the doctor and Joe show up, and they have to take a boat to get to this place. So I gather the the fortress is on it, like the, the, the fortress would, that's serving as a prison mm-hmm. is on an island. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they take this long boat trip there, uh, meet with him for about a minute and a half, <laughs> and decide they're leaving again. I'm, I'm not sure why they why they went. But it's very- it, Go ahead.
1: It is a remarkably brief visit.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. But- it's always interesting to me how genial the meetings between the doctor and the master are, like when they're they're just showing up and they're very polite to each other, very friendly. The master oh. wants to kill the doctor, but it's all yeah. very nice yeah. and you know,
1: the master also is nice to Joe. I mean he's uh, he's referring to her as Miss Grant and he's acting considerate and things like that. And mm-hmm. his only request to the doctor in this meeting is that he
0: comes come by occasionally for a chat <laughs> mm. right, right. I suppose the master's feeling very secure in his position at, at secretly controlling the base and they make a
1: point of demonstrating how he's not in control because the doctor is concerned like has he tried to hypnotize anybody here and the uh the warden who's a guy named Trenchard says all of our men are immune to hypnosis mm. and the doctor's like really how sure are you of that and he says, well I'll show you So they've got, you know, a a camera in the master's cell and they send in the new guy, you know, the guard who's just arrived yesterday. So he hasn't encountered the master before. And he goes into the cell and says to the master, who's reading a big, thick book, um, the warden asked if you wanted me to uh, uh, if you wanted me to change your book. And the master says, no, thank you. I'm, I'm not finished with it yet and then he starts to do the whole i am the master and you will obey me thing mm-hmm. and after he does that for a bit and you know the new guy uh is just like staring back at him as he's being put under this spell of i am the master and you will obey me and then at the end of that the the new guard just says so you'll let us know when you want the book changed
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so about the guards of this prison oh i had something about that yes go ahead uh so they're wearing this awesome costume where they have like a beret and a cape (laughs) yeah i want to know who is
1: what what service is running this prison i mean this these are the weirdest looking guard uniforms i've ever seen (laughs) yes they're they're like they're wearing black pants and a blue dark blue turtleneck and a black cape Mm -hmm. joined with a neck chain with these little yin yang square yin yang symbols that look like s's in a square yep and a black beret and it's what on earth who this
0: is the weirdest prison uniform thing i've ever seen and apparently they're they're also required to all have bushy tom Selleck mustaches too like every (laughs) single one of them and there isn't a blonde in the bunch they're all you dark air. You know, wonder
2: if it was supposed to be like a private security agency or something like that. Or I don't know. what? Uh, obviously this is before the Incredibles too, so the you know, the, the no capes rolled into ply.
0: <laughs> no capes. <You> know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it weird was weird looking.
0: Yeah, that was funny looking. So uh the so the the doctor and the master talk about how they used to be friends and even schoolmates, which I think is new uh, as yes, of this point. Just,
1: the 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 mention that they used to be friends is that's new in this episode okay mm-hmm.
0: um so that that's sets uh the lore that is remains to this day um the uh, it turns out of course like we said the masters in control of the warden it, that he's told him not about the like that they are sea devils these creatures uh, intelligent creatures but he's he kind of got him thinking that they're spies and that he's going to be shown to be a hero by exposing a spy ring that's taking out ships in the area, I guess something along those lines um yeah
1: there's there the so the sea devils have been attacking local shipping, and the master has convinced the warden I'm not sure that the warden has actually been hypnotized, yeah, as opposed to just lied to yeah. but he's convinced him it's enemy agents, and that, they need to deal with the enemy agents
2: that's that's the same impression I got it it wasn't that the 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 warden was it was under his spell it was more was convinced by him and that because that's yeah. at the end then the warden realizes that he's been fooled but it was too late right. yeah
1: also you can tell how uh how friendly the warden and the master are when the doctor's not around because the warden is the master is talking to the warden and he's like so can i get another tv uh for my bedroom and <laughs> yeah. he, you know because he's got one i guess in his living room and it's like yeah sure Color, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. and, and then, and then, when he gets the TV, they they do something. They pick up on late, much further down the line. But we see the master watching a children's television show called The Clangers, mm. and the Clangers are a group of alien mice. This is a stop motion animation children's show about a group of alien mice that live on this moon like planet far out in space. And they subsist on green soup and blue string salad, and the soup is brought to them by a soup dragon from underground. And it and we see this part of an episode of the Clangers, where the Clangers are doing something on the surface of their moon, and the master's just watching it and, you know, enjoying it. And and when the <laughs> warden comes in, he says, What what on earth are you watching? And he says, It seems to be some right rather interesting alien life form. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, ma- the master has to explain to them, these are puppets and it's for children. <laughs> yeah. the, war- the warden has to explain that. And they reprise this years later in when, um uh, what's his name, uh, the the new master from the 10th Doctor's time. Sims. John, John, John Sims. John Sims, yeah. Yeah, in, in the introduction of his master in the sound of drums, he's watching television news and he switches the channel over to to Teletubbies. Mm-hmm. And this alien Tockleface sphere shows up and and he he says this planet is fantastic. Televisions in their stomach. That's evolution.
2: <laughs> and it's
1: like he again doesn't realize this is children's
0: programming. Right, right.
2: Yeah, well, the- I, I got to kick I got to kick out of the monitors too or they're basically just boxes with a hole cut in them and then blinds. Behind yeah. there,
0: yeah, blinds for the green screen, Venetian, Venetian yeah. blinds. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it could, yeah, I that was that was weird. Um, so the doctor, once the doctor hears about the ships disappearing, he's immediately you know this is this is weird, uh, especially in proximity to the master, and decides to he's heard that oh, there's something over at the naval base nearby that he should check out. Like a there was a lifeboat that had been burned with a particular pattern, that and so he wants to go check it out. Although it's a top secret naval base. So he bribes the boatman that brought him to the prison to take his boat. Um, And in the in the conversation, he
1: says he steals the boat.
0: Yeah, but I thought he gives him cash to
1: go. He gave him money. Yeah. Hmm, I, 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 my memory is Joe gave
2: the boatman money to use the his Boat, motorcycle. The boatman made out like a man that he got from both of them. Uh, okay, yeah, he okay. got paid by
0: both. <laughs> <Okay>. but, uh, <laughs> but the doctors are something about, oh, I hurt my leg uh, in the Crimea or Gallipoli or El Alamein. Well, does it matter? I'm bribing you. So <laughs> just yeah. wait, pick one. <laughs> uh, those all being uh, battles over a long period of time. If the, for the for the doctor, it would have had to have been El Alamein in World War II. Um so uh the 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 master is also very interested in these disappearing ships and he's uh he he want it turns out he wants to al- ally with the sea devils like you mentioned. Um, yeah. Oh by the way also
1: we have a little foretaste of Missy in this in that when they're visiting the master he expresses regret for the things he's done and says that being locked up has had give, has given him a chance to reflect mm. on his life. And he wishes actually now he'd been locked up a long time ago because he's got a lot to repent for. And yep. you see that potential for repentance in the master, even though he, of course he's totally faking it on this occasion. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. We do see her saying similar things in, in the 12th doctor's time about be yep. when cause she's imprisoned and undergoes an apparent reform and oh and hers yeah. is real yeah. and yeah right and but if you're a long-term uh dr who fan you're probably thinking back to this and saying yeah at you know at the time that that first aired so uh that mm-hmm. was an interesting switch uh so the other interesting thing is in this the sea devils are gradually revealed they're not so it's a six it's a six episode story and we don't see the sea devils apart from like a hand or a, that sort of thing until I think episode three I think it is mm-hmm. um, when they get to the when the doctor and and Joe ended up on the uh the sea fort where the that's at the center of where all the attacks are taking place mm-hmm. um, and uh and they get chased around the sea fort by the thing um by the then, sea devil y- yes by the sea devil um th- it was interesting interesting to me that the doctor like immediately leaps to the fact that the sea devils are a kind of Silurian, like they're not even different species, really, but they're 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 just a variation on the Silurians. Mm-hmm. I thought that yep. was interesting that he went there.
1: Well, yeah, originally this was called. I mean, the working title for this story was called the Sea Silurians. Okay, um, and they ended up changing that, but they also do a bit of retconning or repair work here because it's been pointed out. Th- by anybody who knows the different ages of the Earth's history that the Silurians who lived in dinosaur times and later and or later are grossly misnamed. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, there is a Silurian period in Earth's history, but it was like half a billion years ago. It was way before dinosaur times. I mean, you. I guess it's after I'd have to check. I think it's after the Cambrian explosion, but you didn't have anything like this this level of complexity in Earth life at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and the doctor hangs a lantern on this and points out that they should be called the Eocenes instead of right. the Silurians. Because right. that's when that's the real period that they would have been
0: around in. A little bit of repair work there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which then is promptly forgotten and they're just the Silurians ever since. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Um Yeah, and so the doctor says he wants to negotiate peace with the the Sea Devils. Because of the, what had happened with the the with the Silurians, which is that after he promised to you know bring about peace between humans and salurians the 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 brigadier
2: blew him up and <laughs> ended up killing yeah. them all um which, kind of which, getting which, a pattern going here
1: yeah well and and i i i it had been a long time since I'd seen this, and i i hadn't i didn't recall the ending at first, but I was thinking. This is heading towards them being blown up just like the Silurians, and that's a little repetitive, mm-hmm. and it's not even by Terrence Dix. Yeah <laughs> right. But they hang a lantern on it and, and make it work because the, the, they use the previous encounter with the Silurians to drive the drama in this. right uh, Where are we they, they repeatedly raise the fact that we might have to exterminate these uh, sea devils. And we're really trying to avoid that. We're trying to make peace with them so that we don't have a repetition of what happened before. Mm -hmm. And they end up having a twist on it because it is not the military that destroys the sea devils. It was the military against the doctor's will Mm -hmm. that destroyed the Silurians. But here, the doctor himself sets the bomb mm-hmm. and so he can't blame the brigadier <laughs> right, uh, right. he it's he does it and it's and it's and it's because the Silur, uh, the sea devils have decided they're going to try to reclaim the planet and start this massive war and so it's it is their fault and uh, whereas it was not the silurians fault right at, at least not
0: in arguably the same way not yeah.
1: in the same way so yeah. they do give us a variation even though they both end up with an earth-shattering kaboom mm.
2: though it doesn't help much you've got the stereotypical uh parliament member or parliament secretary oh, who's who's boy. a warmonger and just i mean just just a rube Look, i mean just a terrible character, coward. period and a coward and yeah so Anna his Clinton.
1: name is <laughs> and, yeah. yes and and a and a male chauvinist pig yes So this guy is named Walker and he's the private parliament. He is a private parliamentary secretary. Don't know what that means, but it sounds official. Right. Mm. And he shows up uh, at a certain point in the story and starts trying to direct things at the naval base. And he is just written to be so unsympathetic. I mean, he as we just listed, he is. He is a misogynist and a glutton and a warmonger and a coward all rolled into one. And he just has nothing redeeming about
0: him in any of his scenes. Mm -hmm. And,
1: you know, that's that's lame writing.
0: (laughs) It was pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. um, Yeah. uh, By the numbers, let's create a bad guy. Well, the other character character, that
2: could have been left off. And I think the episode would have been
1: better for it.
0: Right, right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, on the other hand, if you really need a boost of self-confidence, you can watch it and you'll easily feel superior to this guy. <laughs>
0: yep. Right, right. Uh, there's a fun scene. So once the Doctor and Joe have found the Sea Devils and they go back to the prison, uh, the Warden and the Master need to keep them under wraps to to you know uh, to hide what whatever's going on. And we have a moment where the Doctor and the Master uh, come upon these conveniently located swords in the middle of a prison on the wall. <laughs> And have a nice uh, sword play. They have a, a nice sword fight there. It,
1: it's such a well-appointed prison, having <laughs> swords, multiple, multiple swords on the walls right outside the cell of the most dangerous prisoner in the universe. That's <laughs> just what you
0: want on those walls. Nice well, decor. They, they were fencing foils, so, I mean, it couldn't be that bad. No, <laughs> so we have a nice, uh, a fun sword fight that we gets to show off his, uh, his uh, swordsmanship skills there. We also get a bunch of uh, Venusian Akito in this, uh, which mm-hmm. is, I always love when he yells at Kya. <laughs> he gives him <them> a <laughs> chop. I love that.
1: And <laughs> and Joe gets a bunch of stuff to do as well, where yep. she gets to use her escapology and it, yep. to both get out of things and in, her infiltration skills to get into things. And she's yep. she's like little you know junior spy lady. And gets yep. to crawl through a ventilation shaft
0: in a white suit and not get dirty. That's exactly. that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I can't eat lunch without getting dirty. Uh, so, uh, uh, the, you do have kids. Uh, well, this is true, but I, I can't blame them. It's me. <laughs> so the uh, the uh, yeah the master has decided he's going to help the sea devils reconquer the earth because that's what he does. Um, and at one point, the the doctor and Joe have escaped. And they're trying to get off the island, and they're caught between the master, the prison guards, a sea devil coming from the sea, and a minefield on the beach. So they decide, let's go through the minefield. And to, I, I love the fact that as they come to the minefield, it's surrounded by concertina wire. Uh, and the doctor, in order to help Joe, throws himself on the concertina wire so that she can pass through it unharmed. And he does this multiple times. It's very uh, chivalric of him. Um, and then uses his sonic... It also, also tells you how thick all that evening wear he's wearing <laughs> must be. Well, that's why capes are good. I'm sorry, Edna, but uh, capes mm-hmm. can be good. <laughs> and uh, he also uses his sonic first to detect the mines, but then to detonate them when the sea devil tries to chase them into the minefield. Like he deters the the sea devil with it. So I just thought that was fun.
1: And And then when they go back to proceeding through the minefield, he switches back over to just detecting the mines. And if I'm Joe, I'm thinking... Dude, why don't you blow those up in front of us so we don't have to
2: worry about <laughs> yeah, <laughs> around
0: them. yeah, just blow them all up. I, I, I really now that you can, now we know you can blow them
2: up. They didn't have too much further to go, apparently.
0: <laughs> right, right. So you mentioned this. They, there's a submarine in this where there's a submarine going to investigate. Well, the there's blow. an
2: office
1: building pretending to be a submarine. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And
0: they they apparently blew all their budget
1: on the uh, on the prison guard costumes because. <laughs> The, like the Naval officers, the captain of this submarine and his, his first are like wearing business attire. They've, they've got like black pants and black ties and white office shirts with no rank insignia, nothing, no, nothing, just white office shirts. Yep.
0: (laughs) They're like waiters. (laughs) Yeah. They look like waiters.
2: They, They did show the captain with, with an actual Naval uniform on. That was when he was in the office. Uh, but then it was, yeah, after that, there's just looks like, well, that was Captain Hart. Yeah, yeah, that was Captain well, no, Hart no, from they the also showed, they, they also showed the, the, the submarine captain. Oh, they did. It, it was yeah. in
1: a later, much later scene. And it's like, why don't you have him wearing that all the time? <laughs> that's true.
2: That's true. Because ca- it's casual Friday on the sub.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, my guess is that it's because they they filmed the office. They filmed the so-called submarine scenes in an office building. Right. that was not on a naval base, and they didn't have the Navy uniforms for them. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. But then when they're filming on the naval base, it's easy to
2: say, can we just borrow a like a, a naval jacket for this guy?
0: <laughs> perhaps,
2: perhaps. I, yeah. I'd be surprised if BBC wardrobe doesn't have a many, many versions of naval uniforms they could, they could use. Probably just
0: time or something, yeah.
1: By but, the way, the guy, I forget his name, but the guy who plays the captain, who's really, I mean... I was surprised. The base um, captain. Because, no, no, no. Oh, the the sub-captain. The sub-captain. So the sub-captain is this, he looks really young. And I looked it up, and it was like, he must have been 29 at the time. And he's got a little bitty beard, and he's really skinny. And he is the same actor who, in the 12th Doctor's time, plays Rassilon. Really? Yes. And his name, I think I actually, his name is Donald Sumter. And he looks so different as Rassilon because he's you know fifty years older. Um mm. oh, but But wow. uh, but that's this—he's the, the sub captain, and it's like I had no idea that that was the same guy. I mean, he looks completely different because as Rassilon, you know, he's he's balding, and his body type has changed, and he's clean shaven, and he's gray, and oh yeah. It it very different
0: guy. I would never suspect that's the same guy. Wow. Yeah. He looks a that lot is... older. <laughs> he uh he was also in Wheel Space, so that was the other yep. mm-hmm. one he was yeah. in.
1: Yeah, and also in the Sarah Jane Adventures.
0: Okay. Um Yes. Yeah,
1: and so- he was considered for one of the roles in Time Flight, but fortunately fate spared him that
0: indignity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I also noticed that the subcaptain calls his first officer number one, which is just a nice uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek. Uh, naval thing. Uh,
1: naval thing. No, I, it's, I get it's, it's a
0: naval thing, but number one. But I just, it just reminded me of Star Trek, so I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the submarine gets immobilized uh, by the, the – it, it gets, like, the power turned off mid, mid-sub and sinks to the bottom, which I'm thinking, that's not really how that would work. They could still blow ballast and surface uh, even mm-hmm. without power but okay
1: they, they talk about that and all their systems are malfunctioning
0: yeah. i guess okay yeah yeah like if it i mean i suppose you've they really uh messed with all the systems well, I was gonna uh, say, in
2: a minimum the, the the sub should be rigged to be um buoyant at at mm-hmm. n- n- neutral buoyancy
0: yeah it yes it should be at, it would be at neutral buoyancy right but okay whatever that's fine you we'll, we gotta have a story. Um the uh, so the master has built a device. He's built he built two devices in this one. And the first one is a device that calls the sea devils, like it's like a sea devil phone, but also yeah. a sea devil caller, like literally like a dog whistle. It's a sea devil <laughs> yeah. whistle too.
1: By by the way, before we leave the sub, um, it seems and, and they may deal with it in a line of dialogue somewhere, but it seems to me that after a certain point, the sub just kind of drops out of the plot because yeah. they they it's a ne- kind of a negotiating chit for a while between the sea devils and the humans about what are, what's going to happen to the sub Are are you going to let it go its way? Or are you going to keep it hostage? What are you going to do? And then after a certain point, it just seems to stop being relevant. And some of the characters that were on it have gotten off mm-hmm. and the sea devils have apparently unloaded equipment from the sub because the doctor and the master use the wetsuits to escape at the end. But, um, but i didn't
0: didn't get closure on what about the sub itself and all of its crew <laughs> yeah. right there's there's a point at which the crew are are cooperating with the sea devils under duress i gather mm-hmm. um, yep. and i think there's a there's a line that goes by pretty fast where the doctor uh, in one of his trips down to the sea devil lair um talks about like freeing them somehow i i, I mm-hmm. think cuz oh, they're, they're, they're in a a cell, and he gets them out of it, and I think that's where they get free
2: well there's there's a whole scene where they like break the the sub out of the 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 harbor that they're in and surface and bring the doctor back
0: right, right There's a scene mm. where they have to push their way
2: through yeah well they're they're held by a force shield and then they launch torpedoes, and right that's and then that's the y- last we see of the sub,
0: okay. I think I was mm. yeah. I think I was kind Is that of right when my,
1: the when yeah. the stock footage of the Navy starts shelling the bays? Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. That might pretty have, close. Yeah. You're Right now I remember That's that really yeah.
1: a, really aggressive stock footage. <laughs> it was yeah. A lot of good stock mm-hmm.
0: footage. There's a lot of uh, a lot of battle scenes where you know you a lot of uh, shooting and running around uh, in this one. So there's there's a lot of that going on. Um and,
1: and as usual with John Pertwee, we have all of these uh vehicles that people get to travel in. Yeah. Yeah. Including conveniently placed jet skis <laughs> yeah. and yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, gi- gigantic hovercraft, which Joe gets to know Joe knows how to how to yes. pilot
0: and does. Nice. Yes. Hovercraft aren't a thing as much anymore. I mean, with the I know that the uh, Marines, US Marines have uh hover landing craft, but like mm-hmm. hovercraft like that like Back in the 70s, everyone thought the future is hovercraft. Everything's going to be hovercraft. It's and just there, one there's still a so few things.
2: in commercial use over over in England. But yeah, yeah. it's not like everybody Let thought it was going to be that they're going to be everywhere.
1: Yeah. I, I like at the end of the episode, you know, after the doctor and the master have escaped, the master switches places, pretends to faint, and mm-hmm. then switches places places with some guy and puts a master mask on him so he can escape and steal the hovercraft and at the end he's like piloting the hovercraft away and just waving at the doctor (laughs)
0: like where's it going like where's it gonna go like they just follow the hovercraft i guess (laughs) also i love the uh like the reverse silence of the lambs where he he puts his a mask of his face on the other guy as opposed to the other way around which uh, is less creepy a, a bit, but it is kind of creepy he ha- just happens to maybe, have.
1: Maybe he maybe he put lotion on the guy's skin. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe yeah, it's, it is kind of creepy. He happens to have a mask of his own face on him, but, you know,
1: always be prepared. It, it is nice reversal, though, because normally it's the master disguised as someone else. And here the master has disguised someone else as him.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. The. uh I want to talk about another character who gets an interesting arc in the story, which is Captain Hart, who is the captain of the base, who mm-hmm. starts out somewhat unsympathetic at the beginning, yep. uh, but really becomes heroic by the end. I really yeah. I came to really enjoy that character. So it's a really yeah. fun character arc in there for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, Trenchard, the guy who's cooperating with the master, mm-hmm. the prison warden, Um, he he's not a bad guy. And they, mm-hmm. they, even though he's working with the master, he's portrayed as having innocently been tricked. Yeah, and and you can tell at some, at a certain point he's going to die because the master tells him what are his exact words? He says, um, "Trust me, all your troubles will soon be over." And mm-hmm. any time the master tells you, "Trust me, all <laughs> yeah. your troubles will soon be over," <laughs> that's a death threat. Run and <laughs> yeah. and. and and so the guy ends up being killed by Silurians, and afterwards they're talking about, well, why would he work with the master? And the doctor uh, talks to Captain Hart, the naval base commander, and says, well, what would you say his most notable trait was? And he says, I think it would be his patriotism, or as they say over there, patriotism. Hmm. And, and the doctor says, that must be what the master exploited. So yep. they're, they're, they're making it out. He really did have patriotic motives. He really was a good guy. He was just, he was just tricked.
0: Right, right. So uh, there's an interesting plot moment where the Doctor has been captured by the Sea Devils. They've got him down in their base. The Master's there trying to convince them to kill the Doctor. Uh, They're ignoring him. And just as the Doctor is convinced the Sea Devils that the humans are not really a threat, that there can be peace, this is when Walker's decision to go to war with the Sea Devils takes place, and they start depth-charging the base. And and it's this moment where like, ah, like the doctor just gets to that point. They've just convinced them. And of course, this is when yeah. the attack begins.
1: And so so later, uh, the doctor is like storming around saying, who is who is the idiot that, you know, authorized that attack? And Walker is like, I'm the idiot you've been talking about. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. splendid lunch,
0: old man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. That guy with his food and lunches. I love the yeoman like Blythe, who just kind of kept like subtly not rolling her eyes at, at him yeah. at every uh, command Blythe oh. is
1: very long suffering
0: <laughs> she is i uh,
1: there's also another nice food bit though that that's on the doctor earlier yeah. because um Blythe the, the yeoman has brought a plate of cheese sandwiches for Joe to eat for lunch and and the doctor is like Joe, this is hardly the time for sandwiches, and he takes the plate from Blythe before Joe can even get one of the little sandwich triangles, and he turns around and starts talking to Captain Hart and eating the sandwiches himself, (laughs) Yeah, and then he offers them to Captain Hart and offers them to Blythe, and there's nothing left for Joe. (laughs) <laughs> and and Blythe just says, "I'll go get you some more." <laughs> yeah.
0: The yeah. doctor does realize what he's done at the end and apologizes, but at he, the very, at end. the very end, after yeah. all the food is gone, <laughs> poor Joe, <laughs> long-suffering Joe. <laughs> um. So once once again, the doctor, uh, the master gets the doctor to help him build a weapon or device. This is a this is a recurring theme at this point, where the 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 doctor is captured by the master who forces him to build something for him, and in this case, it's a device that's going to. Wake up, all of the sea devils! Because this—the problem is—is is that for some reason their their sleep their sleep capsules their their are alarm clock
1: didn't go off.
0: Right, and so they need help to get it fixed to wake all the thousands and thousands of sea devils up to millions they, millions. they say. yeah, to battle to take to retake the earth from the humans. And so the 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 master gets the doctor to help. I'm sorry, but the master for all of his smarts is really dumb about some things, including the fact that the doctor will always sabotage the device you're forcing him to build. It's just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, gee,
2: I switched the plugs. Oops.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, was that an input and an output? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, we've, we, I
1: think we've got a twisted psychological relationship between these two characters <laughs> where they right. they both know how it's going to play out and they feel compelled to do it anyway. Right.
0: And, of course, the Sea Devils turn on both of them. They They take the master... Uh, captive as well, so the doctor has to break them both out of the base after uh, as he's set the device to explode, so they insert
2: have to... insert shock faced meme here, you know
0: <laughs> yeah right yeah um and then oh, uh but they have... but by th-
1: by this point the the doctor ha he reveals to the master and this is a special moment because this is the only time in John pertwee's period where he actually utters the words, I reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, yeah. He other at times will say, I reverse the polarity or stuff. And in the five doctors, he again mentions the neutron flow. But in his own time as the doctor, this is the only occasion on which he actually says the phrase. And so that's very special. And despite the fact you might be wondering, so how would neutrons flow? You know, because... (laughs) Because normally we think of electricity as, you know, moving electrons, and and they're charged, and hypothetically, you could, you know, get protons flowing too, and they're also charged, so you Mm -hmm. could accelerate them. But neutrons are neutral, so how would you get them (laughs) flowing? (laughs) Well, actually, this this does make sense. Neutrons are half-spin fermions, and so they can be polarized with a magnetic field. And so, even though they're neutral in and of the in their electrical charge, uh, they are polarizable in a way that they can be manipulated into a beam by mm. magnetic by a magnetic field. Mm-hmm. And so, it actually does make sense, despite what you might think. <laughs> okay, did we clear that up?
0: Uh, that went over my head.
1: But uh, so yeah. the well, I I've got a link. I'll send. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. Oh,
0: okay. All right. It's, that's good. Um, so the they escape they get into these uh the, the the conveniently uh placed um submariner rescue outfits they're basically inflatable uh wetsuits that will bring mm-hmm. you to the surface if you have to escape from a submarine at depth and so we get this great scene of Pertwee and Delgado floating in the ocean getting rescued by this hovercraft and I'm like these guys were they were game for a lot these are not stuntmen these are guy this is Delgado yeah. trying to climb onto the side of this this hovercraft, it was not easy for him, I could tell. Uh it was it was a. It, they they really got into this this episode. And uh and then like you said, they have this uh the master escaping pretends to be injured and escapes at the end because he always does and the doctor always falls for it.
1: Well, except
0: when he gets captured. Right, right, that's true. Or dies. <laughs> yes, yes. I suppose <laughs> that's true. Um, and that's uh, that's where we end things. So, I, I mean, from my point of view, I I I like this episode. There's a lot of mm-hmm. fun action, a mm-hmm. lot of cool reversals, and uh, yeah, I, I I'm a I'm a sucker for a good uh, naval battle plot. Anyway, but uh, how about you guys? Any final thoughts or uh, on this episode?
2: Uh, I, I agree. I agree with you, Dom. This was this is a good one, and for a six six parter, it moved pretty good. I mean, it, it, there was still the chasing around corridors or open fields or things like that. But beyond that, it was still a, I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good episode. Although I I would love to have one of those open door Citroen cars that they were chasing around (laughs) in with no doors, no top. That looks like it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But.
0: (laughs) How
1: about you, Jimmy? when, When I saw those, I wondered, why don't they have doors on these cars? And they later, we see why. It's so that additional guys can stand Mm -hmm. Not only can you put people in the car, but you can have guys standing where the doors would be and like hanging on through the through the sunroof of the car. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can pack more guys in it and take them somewhere. And as you're searching for Joe Grant. (laughs) Right. So let's see uh, additional notes. Well, there's a scene where the doctor is in. Uh, the warden's office, and while the warden is not there, the doctor. Th- it turns out that both Captain Hart and Warden Trenchard are golfing buddies, and they have an upcoming game that they've been talking about. And so, while the warden is away, the doctor takes a gl- a glass, you know, a drinking glass and puts it on the floor and takes the golf putter and a golf ball and blindfolds himself and holds in one <laughs> the drinking glass. So yeah. the doctor is not only a golfer, he can golf blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There is a lot of, some things I don't like in this, there's a lot of paint-by-numbers conflict writing. You know, where you just, it it's, in these old TV shows and radio shows, you frequently have this kind of, Cliched writing style where you know what's going to happen. I mean, you can guess pretty well what the next few lines are mm-hmm. going to be. So, um, you have characters just disagreeing for the sake of disagreeing. Yep. And then eventually yeah. you get past that. And it's, I'm not a fan of that style of writing. You also have cliches like that's a risk you'll just have to take. And, <laughs> um, and we get that here where they're, They're talking about escaping, uh, having people escape from the underwater cave and they're going to be torpedoes and stuff. And it's like, that's just a risk you'll have to take or they'll have to take or I'll have to take or we'll have to take. I've heard that line so many times. (laughs) It seems to me that that's fallen out of phase or fallen out of fashion in writing these days. I don't hear that kind of writing, that specific phrase, but also this kind of writing I think is handled more realistically mm-hmm. um, than it used to be. The um, sea devil costumes are pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they 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 have. It's clear that they the sea devil heads. Well, they have really long necks, which are shaped suspiciously like a human head,
2: <laughs> yes. and then they
1: have a sea devil head sitting on top of the human head-shaped neck. The Sea Devil heads don't change their facial expressions. Uh, one of them has a slightly articulate jaw that he can use when he's making hissing English sounds. Hmm. They also have these certain great blue mesh surgical smock-looking things that they're wearing. I, I don't. They look like escaped patients or something, <laughs> or escaped doctors. I don't know. And they have these I know this is not what they're meant to be because they didn't have c d players in nineteen seventy one but they look like open faced c d player ray guns <laughs> yeah. right and and initially these um these ray guns are presented as like devastating, and people are shooting at the sea devils, and it's not having any effect but then by episode six, all of a sudden, when they're retaking the fortress base, the guns are working and yep. they're they're mowing down sea devils l- the same six over and over again like crazy <laughs> with ordinary <laughs> slug throwers. Yep. So that was kind of fun to see. Even if it was inconsistent,
2: it's nice to see ordinary weapons work. They, they must have got some better ammo for the for the later siege.
0: It'll be fun to see the redesigned costumes for in the you know in the present day in the uh, the thirteenth doctor special that that's coming up with with those. Uh, yeah, they don't, do don't get your hopes too high. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel some sympathy for the poor guys inside those costumes having to like wear them while like swimming out of the ocean. That could not it. have been easy. <laughs> I, ex- I was thinking the
1: same thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I happen to look up so. I always think of the ma- this version of the master as Roger Delgado, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but I happen to look it up, and he's got a prodigiously long real name. Um, mm. His his full name is Roger Cesar Marius Bernard Delgado Torres Castillo Roberto. Oh wow,
0: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is that is quite a name. That, that I mean, there's a, there's got to be a story behind <laughs> behind all of that. <laughs> Probably several. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Awesome, all right, so that does it for the sea devils. we I mentioned we have a little bit of feedback, so let me uh just g- uh, get to that here. We had uh, on our episode on into the Dalek, the Twelfth Doctor episode recently, where uh, Ted Coville uh, on Facebook writes, upon my rewatch of this episode and knowing what to expect, I enjoyed the grumpy doctor. Maybe it's a reflection of my personality I didn't like the anti soldier rhetoric. You guys mm-hmm. talked around the subject without saying it outright, but the doctor is a soldier. He may not wear a uniform or carry an automatic weapon, but he performs the actions of a soldier.
1: Like reversing the polarity of the neutron flow and making an unstoppable bomb.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Right, right, exactly. The uh, Yeah, I think we've mentioned it before where the the doctor is in many ways essentially a soldier. I think with the 11th doctor, you know, the a good man goes to war and yeah. other times like that. We've mentioned how he has been, you know, and, and fran- frankly, the third doctor working with unit, you know.
2: There's times that they, they, they have brought that up explicitly too in the show. of, You know, I yeah. you can tell a soldier when you see one, kind of you know those kind of lines and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you, know, you could say you know psych- psychologically, the doctor has such a repulsion to military because he knows he's in the of the same ilk.
0: Right. He was the war doctor. I mean, <laughs> right there. So thanks, well, Ted. and yeah. and
1: even before the war doctor, you can argue that he when whenever. I mean, you think about the classic doctors, and mm-hmm. who's the most down on military? The third,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. who's the one that works closest with the military? The third, yeah. And you can argue that he 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 he's got self loathing going on even at this period, and he is criticizing the military in order to somehow distinguish his own actions hmm. from theirs. Yeah, when really he's willing to do the same things, but he right. doesn't want to admit that to himself.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Well, th- thank you, Ted, for your feedback. We really appreciate that, and we'd love to get your feedback. You can send feedback like Ted did on our Facebook page, or you can uh, email mm-hmm. us at uh, Dr. Who at sqpn.com. So we want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Secrets of Doctor Who, including Lee V, Sean F., Dan and Jill K., Deacon A., and Michael D., their generous donations at sqpn.com give, make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And we'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So we'd love to hear what you think of the Sea Devils. Let us know by commenting at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page or, like I said, send an email to Doctor Who at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community, which is brand new at sqpn.com slash discord. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the 13th Doctor special, Legend of the Sea Devils. Until then, Father Cory thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Doctor Who. Thank you, Dom. Jimmy Akin, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on Star Question. And remember, what else could I possibly say? Reverse the polarity of the neutron flow!